0: Welcome to welcome to welcome to, welcome to. welcome to. welcome to. Welcome to. Welcome to. Welcome to. Welcome
1: to. Ladies of the mic.
0: These are the ladies of the mic. Welcome to Ladies of the Mic. This week, we are going to be talking about mental health and staying in a good place when there's so much going on as actors. There's a lot that we have to deal with on the regular. And so we're here to talk about what we do to to stay in a good place and keep our minds healthy and ourselves happy. Gosh, to start out, as actors, we deal with a lot of rejection on the regular. That's kind of the name of the game. We're going to take turns talking about what we do to stay mentally healthy and in a good headspace. So let's get started. We have Ariana Ratner here, Katie Cofield, Caitlin Robrock, and Rachel Herrick, and myself, Stephanie Sutherland. And we will go individually and kind of talk about our, uh, what keeps us in a good headspace. Uh, Let's start with you, Ariana. Cool. Um, So Yeah, I mean,
2: I think for me, my, well, in terms of rejection, I just forget about auditions after they happen. (laughs) I mean, I literally, I think it's a lot easier as a voiceover artist than an on-camera actor to forget about an audition because you're literally like, you know, you're going to the physical audition, you're seeing the casting directors there as an on-camera. And voiceover, we just do so many auditions a day that it's like, I also think of, you know, we have to think of auditioning as our job, and booking is the perk obviously booking's great and but that's why we have recurring clients so we can make money um <laughs> and then those booking those really awesome jobs are is a is a perk that uh happens um like a cherry on top of it right all. yeah we kind of have to switch our thinking to think like that um so i think that's what i do so the rejection the rejection part isn't really what gets me down me- mentally it's more comparing myself with other people. Like, really, mm-hmm. I mean, social media is so taxing on on my on my mental health. So what I do is I, I make sure I have like a time limit on my on my social media accounts at night, so like I you know, do not disturb after like ten pm, and I keep my phone in the other room when I sleep. Because, you know, waking up in the middle of night and looking at my phone or looking at Instagram late at night, I just see people's success and posting their work and stuff. And it really is taxing. And even even looking at, like, voiceover Facebook groups for some reason
0: yeah. late at
2: night mm-hmm. kind of gets me down. So I try – I do that um, and just kind of limit my social media. That's so
0: smart. Having a time limit especially is a great tool. Yeah.
2: I mean, and really, you know, I've auditioned for so many projects that could be could have been life changing. I, right, you know I mean, every project
0: essentially is right.
2: <laughs> every project. I mean, there's those those things that you think about and you're like, "Whoa! if I booked that, it would be life changing. I mean, there's someone in this group has who has a life changing project that we all auditioned <laughs> for. Like and, you know, but um, it's it's yeah, I think you just have to forget about it afterwards and just be like, I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's basically what I do. Yeah, that's a great point, and and reframing it with that gratitude that you've had the opportunity to at least play on it, to play on this role, whatever it may be. Yeah, Katie, how about you? How do you keep yourself in a good headspace? Oh
3: man, uh, okay. So I think I the two things that keep popping into my head are so I work a ton on ridding myself of scarcity fear, right? Like, what does that mean? So I have an intense intense fear of uh, lack of time running out of time there's not enough time and what pops up so much for me and I see it in my best friends I see it in other folks I know in this industry is this fear that there is a scarcity of work that there is only so much to go around and therefore I need to get that instead of that person and that is like a really beautiful little fuel for that comparison. Yeah. That's so that's like so deadly. Right. And then the other part that I find really helpful is just practice. Like what else on earth do we expect ourselves to be excellent at and not do every day? Like nothing, what breathing, walking? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. It, 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 we're good at auditioning when we're auditioning a lot, right? Because then we do have it it is truly not a big deal. I I got <laughs> I got really unceremoniously dropped right in like the middle of pan- the pandemic. They just chopped half the roster at my agency and gosh, it was gnarly. I remember that Katie. Oh, yeah, it was that's like happened really to me gnarly. <laughs> it's Brutal. like and it was my first one, right? I'm I'm newer to this Ugh. than many of you are and and it, it it if I'm being totally honest, it really threw me into Wallowville. I just sort of like <sighs> rolled around in the muck for months and months and I you know, other big life stuff happened, but but I was so honestly afraid to get back in the booth. I could feel it in my body. And and as soon as I started working again on letting go of that like fear of scarcity, that there isn't enough, that especially for me that there isn't enough time. Mm. Like I have the time to to get that dream, right? Like I have the time in this life. Maybe the dream looks a little different or maybe it's a little cooler. I don't know. Like but I do have the time and I have you guys <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have incredible humans in my life who believe in me for those moments that I don't. And so now my job, I feel, is to practice, right? Like to just get in, steal some scripts from friends and like show up to my workouts again, show up to like practicing as I'm sending out my reels and like looking for new rep. Because if I don't practice, it's it's like
2: pushups, right? Like, yeah. I can't, I'm going to be noodle arms at auditioning. (laughs) Yeah. Also like doing things like doing the, like the Voice Actors Network workshops Mm. and getting actual feedback and knowing you're on the right track is like really, you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just not, you know, like that job wasn't meant for me. So like to get feedback and like do, yeah, do workout groups that keep working and keep getting feedback and people being like. No, you're on the right track. You're doing the right things. Just keep going and the right project will come to you. I think that also helps mentally. Mm. Just to like, I mean, maybe it's an ego thing as actors, but like we need I kind of like need that to like, okay, I I am doing my best work, you know. It's just that wasn't it for me. Yeah. And
0: I think along those lines, rejection for us in most cases is silence. It's crickets. It's not hearing back. So we don't know a lot of times if if we're on target and so I think that's a huge plus for taking workshops, being involved, having a group of people that you work with um, who who help lift and, and build each other up so that you can kind of measure, am I on track? And odds are you are. If you're getting these auditions, if you're, you know, constantly putting that work in, you're most likely on track. And I think it's also important to remember that, like, What's meant for us will come to us. And that's, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is so helpful to remember that like we, we may feel like we really want something, but it might, we might just not fit with the rest of the cast or the vibe of the show or whatever it may be. Or a celeb is coming in and they need a stunt cast, right?
3: It's like they, they, this fear that, that we are being judged. This is more, I think, maybe on, for on camera work is walking into the room and going, oh no, they're judging me. Correct. That is their job. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is their actual job to judge whether or not you're a fit. But it has nothing to do with our worth mm-hmm. as a human or yeah. our worth as a performer. It just has to do with the million and one other factors that go into building a, a piece of work. And, and, and like, it, you know, it's just really easy to get out of practice. Do you guys know the guy that did the 100 days of rejection? Mm -mm. yes no yes yeah
4: he did a ted talk didn't he
3: yes she she, uh, Zhang. maybe i'll look it up and i'll try to like send that um you know i think the first one he did was like rolling up to somebody's house in full soccer garb because they had a beautiful lawn and he was like can i play in your lawn Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful (laughs) and of course they said yes but like there had to have been no's in those 100 days right and like the the fear of like what's going to happen i think that's the practice and then not dying and then living another day and uh-huh. <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. oh i didn't actually expire when i tried that thing
0: yeah and being able to show up and take risks
3: yeah cuz that that keeps you on that track the like the, the the
2: willingness to just keep putting one foot in front of the other
0: totally
2: mm. also having that. like what we've what we've created you know, we have a group of women voiceover artists all in different places in our careers who all, I feel like it's not, I mean, maybe when people have come in, it's like it feels a little bit competitive or like, I do this, I do that, like trying to prove. But then it becomes this, it relaxes into this like really supportive group of people who just, you know, are are not competitive. And like, we're really proud of each other's success. And we talk about like issues, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like oh, I booked. Th-. I mean, when when someone does book something, it's like super exciting. I feel, I yeah. feel like that. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I personally find, and I'm going to just share something real quick. I actually went through something recently where um, I felt so good about something I auditioned for, and actually, this wasn't voiceover; it was for a puppetry gig because you know I do puppetry, and I didn't. This is get Rachel here. Yeah, this is Rachel, by the way, who's talking, and. Um, one of my really good friends got it. And I definitely had like half a day where I was so depressed. I was just like, I thought this was mine. I felt so good about it. It would have been such a great gig. And my friend got it. And I just felt so sad. And there was even, to be honest with you, a part of me that was like, I kind of hate my friend right now. Yeah. But... What I wanted to share is that, of course, I went through this, like, little mental breakdown for a little bit because I felt so upset about it and I had so much high expectations about it. But when I really collected myself and just focused on the positives, which was, first of all, like, everything you were just saying, like, they probably picked it her based on, like, something that's completely out of your control. Also, you know, women support women slash support our fellow artists. And um, it just... uh, I felt like when I really focused on the positives and like just the not negative stuff about it that really helped my soul a Mm, lot you know and it was in some ways a learning experience I'm like you know I'm like what to maybe focus on next time and everything but for me personally it was just like you know what when I like really put myself you know first of all I'm glad I put myself out there but then I also like of course took the effort to say girl I'm so proud of you you deserve this you know I know you're going to have the best time. You know, I already knew that mentally I was doing myself a favor rather than like trying to just like be down about it. Sure. Because of course it was okay to naturally be be sad. But what was important, I guess for me was that I picked myself up and said, Hey, Hey, you've got to focus on the positives and you've got to move on and you've got to be supportive of your friend because you're not going to do yourself any favors otherwise. Right. And, uh,
3: well, that action got you out of it, right? Like the act, like my, I had a, yeah. a mentor that used to say, like, we can't think our way into right acting. We have to act our way into right thinking.
4: Yes. And so exactly. like
3: doing the thing, even though it feels gross or awful, cause the shame monster is up. Yes, Like it, it just works, right? Like uh, set, taking my neighbor flowers right like it doesn't have to be even related to the thing that's bugging you but like just getting standing up off the couch saying out loud stop it like action action mm-hmm. works right and that's what you did normalize yes. normalize your feelings because that's exactly.
4: so, so normal yeah, acknowledge them. exactly I did exactly I let myself acknowledge them and then I would just was you know exactly what you said uh, Katie I just you know stood up and said okay so we move on now and we focus on the good stuff and we do the things that we know are mentally best for ourselves mm. even though it's hard and now I even feel much better and again I'm like literally genuinely just so happy for my friend and I can't wait to see how it turns out
1: oh that's great Caitlin uh, what about you what do you do to follow up on um Rachel's story it, there's two ways I think of it there's envy and there's jealousy mm. I, in my personal opinion, it is absolutely okay to be envious. It's one of our emotions. It's an outlet for there is something you want. You want it really bad or you want to be a part of it and you didn't book it. Someone else has gotten it. Often you you don't wish that person any Ill, Ill will. You're glad that they've got it. They're going to do great at it. And it's okay to feel sad that you wanted it too. There are so mm. many roles that another gal who's a good friend of mine has booked over me multiple times and I don't begrudge her that work but it does feel envious like what am I what more could I do or what am I mm-hmm. not doing that could help boost me up to that level that's mm-hmm. that's the healthy yeah. way yes. jealousy you know jealousy is the wrong one because you're co- you're coveting what someone else wants to the point where you try to take it from them or you start thinking negatively about them and you can mm. spiral or, or it's exactly spiteful, like and so both those feelings like you it's a two path divided so it is okay to feel envy because you want you want something but don't let it spiral to jealousy where it's affecting you and other people mm-hmm. um these types of feelings i consider them a banked fire um hmm. the fire will it's gonna be there uh, the capability of it being there is there and when it When it lights up, you want to try to bank it or smother it as quickly as you can and as safely as you can until, you know, nature decides to do it again unexpectedly.
2: Mm, For those types of Mm -hmm. things,
1: and I've been in that position, again, so many times, I, I think of distraction to the point of separation. So when that's when I hear that when I find out who booked this or who booked that I'm usually happy when it's a celebrity because then they're like yeah. oh okay <laughs> yeah it literally had well, nothing to do sense. with us whatsoever <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a celebrity and I just you know you could tell yourself it w- obviously would have been me had they not gotten personally uh, <laughs> <a laughs> yes. so that type of <laughs> delusion helps but um, <laughs> but for other things. Um, Regardless of the the, the ladies who do book the roles that we want or we read for, uh, distract yourself. Mm. Watch a movie. Watch a TV show. Read a book. um, Go on social media that you enjoy going on because you never know what Twitter will do. You never know what Instagram will do. I like Tumblr. Tumblr, you can cater it to whatever you want to see or whatever you want to look up. And then I cry about it. I absolutely cry. I Mm. vent to my friends who I know will be good listeners and won't spread it about down about just like here's how i'm feeling here's the frustration i'm sure there's nothing i can do i just need to know that i'm not wrong in feeling that way a lot of it's mm. that validation again of your feelings
4: mm-hmm. and then
1: i find after a few days the the sharp sting of that hurt does dull especially after you sleep sleeping really yes not
0: that the clean truth? the mm-hmm. slate
1: <laughs> um or you know a vice like eating sugary things But after a while, like, the feelings get banked. They may be there. They may smolder. You may still feel uncomfortably hot by them, but it's not controlling your life. Mm -hmm. And if it rears its head, it's okay if that happens. Sometimes you'll fall off the wagon for a day or two. Or, like, if someone mentions something, it does rile you up a little, but it's not encompassing. It's not all invasive. That's when it's unhealthy. That's when you really need to seek somebody who could help you or who could talk to you on how to get over it appropriately yeah i love that yeah that distinction is so clear and great caitlin thank you
4: because the last thing you want is to like be sitting and just feeling better because well and it's
1: hard because sometimes there have been roles that have been booked by persons and who knows why they were booked they could have a great reputation they could have thousands of social media followers they could be friends with the casting team like you never know and my greatest hope is However you booked it, as long as you're bringing the talent correctly to the table that this character needs, you're doing your job and you're servicing the characters. Yes. When I see persons doing roles that I know who should have booked that, if not me, if someone else, and I'm not enjoying the role with their interpretation, I never speak ill of it. I never talk about it. I just don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I if, if I'm with that person, I say, like, congratulations on your success. Like, I'm not going to hinder them in any way. But I don't... For my own safety, too, I don't acknowledge it because it's not something that I agree with, but that's only your business. Don't Mm -hmm. tell anyone else. Don't talk about it. Don't hinder it. Don't hurt anybody. That type of feeling is yours to feel rightfully, but you have to keep it with you. You Mm -hmm. never want it to get beyond your boundaries because then again, it's affecting other people or other people's opinions. And that is Mm -hmm. their decision to make.
0: I love what you had said about like allowing yourself to feel, because I think it's important. I think we have a tendency to want to like really smush down feelings, like and and mm. we guilt ourselves, like why am I being jealous or why am I being sad or why? Yes, and it's easy you're human, to, yeah. And having yeah. that grace for ourselves, knowing that this just comes with the territory of being a human being, living on a very wild, crazy uh, planet, and. Just having that grace and feeling it, letting yourself go through the feelings, maybe exploring, why am I feeling this way? Is it coming from a place of insecurity? Is it, you know, understanding the meaning beneath the feelings and then letting it go and trying to lead with gratitude or positivity. Mm -hmm. I I think it's also possible as we do stifle feelings, which I think is a very human thing to do as well. I think we can kind of spiral into this um, thought of toxic positivity, like, got to pick Mm. myself up. Uh, What's the the bootstraps term? Uh, Mm. Pick myself up by the the bootstraps. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like off the
4: bootstraps. What? No. um, I got to just like It's a constant crazy balancing act between wanting to be positive and acknowledging your feelings and not letting yourself be like too bogged down, but then also too positive to the point where it's talking. It's a huge balancing act. And it's a practice
0: like what you were saying, Katie. It's a practice like meditation as a practice. Also,
2: on that note, like literal things that you should be doing. I mean, I know it's really hard for us to set like hours because sometimes we get auditions coming in late at night or we spend a while on it. But literally like just the act of leaving my booth, turning off the light, you know, shutting down my computer and having like almost an end time. I mean, I have to finish all my work, but like having that and having it feel like an office that I'm leaving is really important for Mm me. Because otherwise, I feel like there's no life work balance. Yeah, and also having other interests. I mean, I like having other hobbies or like going for a walk. And you know,
4: I've like, um, found it personally. I know it's hard as artists because our days are always different. But I personally have found it to be helpful to give yourself at least some kind of routine. Yeah, you know, like sure. exactly like the self care you give yourself in the morning, and then like like Ariana was saying, like have a time a day that you try to like make sure you have everything just done by so you can you know just take care of whatever else you need to do for the rest of the day or give yourself even more self care but i think that you know it's i again i know it's hard because we are always we have auditions we have bookings we're all over the place sometimes we work in the evenings but i think that just trying to establish a like a certain amount of things that you do every day is like really important just to kind of like ground yourself i don't know if that makes any sense yeah uh, definitely yeah
2: honestly the best thing ever to do is to make sure you have half an hour to an hour after you get out of bed before you look at your phone it literally Mm -hmm. when i do that yes it just makes all the difference in my day and it's it's like it's an addiction i want to go get my phone and look at it and lie in bed but it really
0: makes such a difference when i do that it's amazing i should definitely (laughs) start doing that because i'm like Wait, like, the, we foster kittens and the kittens will wake me up at like five every morning oh, yes. and I'm like, what's going on on the Internet? And then I can't sleep. And if you get
2: like a work email or something, then you're like feeling obligated to answer it right away. Yep, and just right. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Ooh, that's Stephen, a good uh,
3: Steven Pressfield in The War of Art talks really brilliantly about this separation between the artist and, and the self, right? Like not over identifying with what we do in our work. Because that's sort of a downfall, and he, you know, that book is really about the professional versus the. I think I don't know if he uses the word amateur, but professional versus non, right? First of all, get the book, get the get the, get the ebook, get get it all. Listen to it in the car. It's such a game changer, but it, it it's just so clear about this like ritualizing of of the space that we work in, of the time that we work. Exactly like you said, like. You know, I think he says like I get my coffee, I do this thing, and then I go to my office. Mm, and yeah. here in my office are my Lucky Charms. There, here are the things I do. And then at five o'clock, I close the door. And I like it's just so clear and clean, right? It feels like yeah. we can't mm-hmm. always do
2: that, but like we work from home mostly. I mean, like yep. we rarely go into studios. It depends, you know. But it's just so important to have that separation, work-life balance.
4: I have actually one thing I wanted to mention too, because this is something I really tapped into recently um so I actually listened to this podcast called Hidden Brain. I really recommend it, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah, and uh, there was an episode about specifically about being kind to yourself, and mm. it seems like a no brainer, no pun intended um but <laughs> but uh, I think what really hit me in listening to the episode is they mentioned how. As a person, you know, the things that you tend to say to yourself, like especially the negative things, when you really think about it, most of us, we would never say those things to another human being. So Mm -hmm. why are you saying those things to yourself? And I don't know, that just like really hit me hard and why I've been trying so hard to practice the idea of like truly being kind to yourself and boosting yourself more. And I think that, again, as actors who are constantly doing rejection and need that validation, I think that that's something that's really important to remember. And... I totally recommend that episode if some of you feel like you need that boost out there. I think it
3: pairs with what Caitlin said, too, though. Like, we have to, we can't jump over the validation moment. Mm
4: -hmm. You can't, like,
3: leap to self-compassion just from where you are, right? Like, there has to be a, this is normal. This is a global human experience. Ouch, this hurts, right? And then, like, whatever tool you use, you know, whatever, whatever action item, whatever... A hug in a corner, crying into Mm -hmm. a teddy bear. Like, whatever it is you do, you can't get to that, like, actual self-compassion if you're still stuck in, I also shouldn't feel this way about my friend getting that job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then then the door is cracked open and shame is like, I'm here. (laughs) Hello. What a soft, cozy place. Oh, that shame monster. Shame monster. monster. (laughs) I just just wrote out a little sign uh, to put up on the other side of my booth that says, tolerate the shame. Mm. because i'm I'm in that space where like yeah. uh you know this this section of my voice is a little rusty or or I, it's really hot in my booth, and I haven't <laughs> remembered to get used to that or like oh my keep hitting my head on the the new <laughs> shock mount? like <laughs> like'
0: that's I, so relatable, but then like i <laughs> yeah. don't wanna
3: I don't wanna leave the booth because I'm like, oh man, if I had just done this six months ago, if I had gotten back on my feet after that big bummer, right, like that's not helpful, it's normal, sure, but that shame like. You can ride that wave. You can absolutely ride that wave to the next
2: moment. A banked fire. Brilliant. Like, yeah, perfect. Perfectly said. When you – real like, when you uh, – sometimes I do I, – I have a notebook next to my bed, and it, it's really helpful because, like, if I do have my phone in the other room, you know, writing down, like, last-minute thoughts so you don't stress over them overnight. But also just writing down, like, three things that you're grateful for that day and, like, what, you know mm, – yeah. You know, people or things that happen to you that day that you are grateful for is really actually it's, it sounds so rote, but it's really it really is powerful so You're like, oh, I, I am doing well. Like, I'm so grateful for that opportunity or that person or that thing that happened today or the fact that I worked out today, you know, like things mm. like that. Yeah,
4: it's amazing because like we're not scientists, but we do know that just focusing on positive things, there's something about that that just really frees you a bit. You know, it just gets you in a better mindset it makes you feel better about yourself and just helps you focus better you know so like speaking of the uh like s- this this separation
3: of of the phone and 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 yourself and the writing down so you don't stress like there is also the separation between thoughts and feelings and mm-hmm. clocking that actually what is what is a feeling actually it is the blood boiling when somebody is uh, a victim of injustice it is the uh, pit in the stomach feeling, right? That's the feeling. The thoughts are the secondary, tertiary. Yes, she said tertiary. Like, <laughs> th- they are, they come, they come <laughs> yeah, yeah. later and pile on, right? Like, and so when we hear this phrase, like, oh, I just have to sit with my feelings. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. It, it, different for everybody, right? But like, is it maybe that what we're doing is sitting with our thoughts too long instead of sitting with like, what is happening in my body? Am I actually okay? Am I safe? Can I ride this wave? Can I, like, let this thing go? Can I separate from it? Can I put the phone down? Stand up? I think that's why those physical changes, like, the difference between holding your phone in bed and holding a notepad and writing your notes down, it's huge. But Mm -hmm. it's also physical, right? Like, that's a physical shift that you Mm -hmm. made that was super effective. I think that's so important for us to remember that these these thoughts, I think jealousy and envy are a big, big, uh, th- a big post between them is the thought, right? Like the feeling might start the same, but where we let those thoughts go, those two paths split. And it's uh, one is a mess and one is not.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Oh, that's good stuff. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. good stuff. <laughs> You know, I... I love therapy. I love yeah. therapy. Yes. It's the best tool. And uh, you know, I uh recently went through gosh, it's been a heck of a year, um a lot of loss this year. A lot of loss. And um mm. and I've started working with this new therapist who is a wonderful fit for me. I I don't know how I lucked out with this therapist, but it's a game changer to have someone who's removed from my circumstances who can hear what i'm saying who can empathize with me and then give me tools or give mm-hmm. me um uh, uh, ways to reframe my thinking so that i can work through the difficulties i think therapy can be such an incredible tool that being said i i wish it were more accessible i think we're making a lot of progress in the mental health space and in uh in these days. (laughs) But I know it is expensive and I know it can be hard to to get to. But I think um, if you can get to see a therapist, it can truly be life changing and truly help you to get to a good headspace. If you're having a hard time doing so on your own, anxiety or depression is really just so hard. Or if it's just maybe even a little thing um, with work or with um, family or your friend difficulties. It's just great having a person who can listen to you, validate you, and then help provide tools that are best practice tools Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help you work through things. So that's a huge thing for me. I also think going back to auditioning and whatnot, I found that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to book the role, book the role, book the role. And recently I heard a casting director say, that the goal of each audition should not be to book this one role it should be to get on the casting director's radar to show that mm-hmm. you do good work consistently that you're willing to make choices and um and take risks in these characters and that you are that you're able to bring a living breathing character to life from the page and so reframing and changing my intentions to lessen, lessen that pressure on myself has been a game changer in <laughs> yeah. uh, in my own auditioning I love that. Yeah.
2: yeah. And just um, something I tell my students is like, you you can't cater to this. You don't know. If you don't know that casting director, even if you do know them, you don't know what they want. You don't know what they really want. You don't know what the EP wants. You don't know what really what's going to end up with that in that show. So you can't cater to someone who you have no idea what they want. You just have to do what what you know is is best for you and what's your best Put your best foot forward. Make ri- Take risks. Make interesting choices, and do a, a really weird, fun read, and put it out there. Because like you never, you never know. That might be the read that I think we were in a stuff. You might have been in in the van workshop recently where someone where they were like the A and the B pile. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Hall. Uh huh. And that the A-pile is the people who are, like, perfect for that role. It's something you can't control. It's just your voice sounds like that character, blah, blah, blah. And then the B-pile are the really interesting, fun takes that may not be perfect for the character that they were thinking of. But honestly, he said, like, a lot of times the B people from the B-pile are the people who book it because he's, like, he presents this to the EPs and he's like, I think this is a really cool read and really interesting. Maybe not what we planned um, I maybe not super perfect what we were thinking, but it was just so fun and outside of the box that and then they end up booking it. So you you can't control whether you're in the A pile, but you can control whether you're in the B pile because you're making fun choices, you know? Yeah. You just have to be yourself, do what you do best, you and, know? And your whole self, right? Because yeah.
3: these parts of us that we're talking about are are parts of us. Yeah, like if right. I don't if I don't come to the mic or the page or the camera or the stage. With my entire arsenal, with the whole of me, what what am I doing? Right. Yeah. Like the dark yeah. and twisty stuff is what's interesting. That's why mm-hmm. we watch TV, whether it's funny, dark and twisty or not. Like we people wanna see people. People don't want to see um, a magazine cover going through the motions or, or the audio motions for in our case, like they wanna feel like that person gets them, like, they could step into those shoes. And if we show up just as the way we think we should, in my case, like, if we if we leave on the, like, polished Southern genteel feelings that we grew up with thinking are perfect, if we show up perfect, we don't show up us.
0: Oh, gosh, that's huge. Like,
3: <sighs> we can't... That's deep. <laughs> yes, that's... It is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like... Uh... I don't know. I mean, we're all so weird and gross and beautiful and like, isn't that what I want to watch or listen to? Yeah. Hell yes. Always. A hundred percent of the time. I am more interested in the person who has a crack than the person who has a beautiful facade.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I'm also more, more interested in the person who's been working their ass off for like 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years and then books their dream role because of the hard work rather than the person who's been doing it for a year and books it because of luck.
1: Like, I'm so
2: much more interested in those stories. Like, Caitlin, your your story, I mean, you've booked – you had some animated series that were awesome, but then booking Minnie Mouse, like, you freaking deserve that more than literally anyone, anyone. i Woo, like,
0: Caitlin! Yeah. Honestly,
2: I remember, f- you know, we were in a class, like, years ago. I don't know if you remember, but, like, I be- being like, whoa, she's so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: gosh. And that's one of those things. A friend of mine, my, one of my best friends, Emily, she had said, like, are you prepared if you don't book the role? That is part of the job you have, and I said I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not prepared. I I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I'd feel. It's something you want so badly that I I trained myself for as best I could for so many years, and this truly is like the once in a lifetime opportunity. There are yeah. no other chances. Yes. And mm-hmm. some other characters out there, like, like I've got dreams of doing uh, particular characters, and they're they're being voiced right now by other ladies. But that doesn't mean the possibility isn't there for me in the future, because um, mm. you just never know. But something like Minnie, just that's kind of it. So, and it, it just felt like I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm worth if I'm not doing something that i I'm getting a dream that I've always had, which of course mm. is not always a healthy mindset either. And I was very, very lucky that I didn't have to confront that <laughs> because <Yeah>. I booked <laughs> it. But that's, and then tied into that, like. We as actors, we have such a drive to perform, and we want to have as large a range as we can, have all different voices or dialects or whatever makes you laugh. Because my goal is to Mm. give others the same feelings I was given by my heroes, you know, paying Mm. it forward. And when I had booked Minnie, I don't know who the person is, but, like, a friend of a friend of a friend told me that this person's opinion was, well, she booked Minnie, so she really shouldn't be auditioning for anything else. That should be Oof. that should be it for her because it would work frequently. Oh, and like mm. and like I I can see why you'd feel that way. I really do, but, but I if, actually love how
2: hungry you. Are. I think it's amazing how yeah. hungry you are and how you're not settling on just stay. Like you shouldn't. You, you mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You still work your ass off. You
1: know. For, yeah, and if that were the case, you know, you know, Gray Griffin wouldn't work anymore because right. she's Daphne for Scooby Doo, and that mm. that works very yeah. frequently. Or Tara yeah. Strong won't work anymore because she's got. Harley Quinn, which is ongoing. like, But obviously, these ladies are going to keep working because they have to feed their souls.
0: Yeah. They yeah. have to feed
1: that acting. And as long as you're putting out the best quality work you can at that moment that is true to yourself, there's no reason why you can't go for anything and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Caitlin, it sounds like you... Uh, we're just we're just talking for the first time. And also, hello. I'm so Hi. happy to meet you and see you. Like, it sounds like not only has your work here in, uh, on this mic been consistent and rigorous and amazing. But hearing you talk about your mental health means you also were ready that way. Right. Like we show up to these things. Part of our part of our preparation for acting is being able to like cope with being in a room
2: yeah, stand there
3: and not shake or pierre pants or like fall <laughs> over do that outside maybe but like y- y- you were you were prepared as prepared as you could be for every moment up until it was out of your hands yeah and it would have yeah. been great if you had any control after that but that's that that moment of letting go it sounds like you were you were ready to receive hopefully but you also—it does sound like you were prepared to cope, even if it didn't
1: feel like you were. I will take your word on that because it, it was definitely <laughs> like I—I I refused to ever entertain that thought, and yeah. I—and I also kind of refused to ever make assumptions about like, like, am I seeing any signs, or are these just coincidences, mm. or or things that I might want to do or say? Like, I, I didn't want want to do that until I knew for sure. I didn't tell anyone I was auditioning. Like, s- certain mm. people knew. That I would because I had played with that voice many years ago, and then it was advised to me, like, if, if, you're, if you have the dream of such a character, keep it to yourself. Keep practicing. You don't want the reputation that you're gunning for the job because mm-hmm. someone's got mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mm-hmm. never
1: wanted that impression of me to come off at all because I admired and respected Rusey so much. I wanted her around for 10 more years. So her passing was very abrupt and very sobering.
0: Yeah, and that whole
1: weekend in question, I just kind of kept to myself, and then like the audition came out a week and a half later, and I just didn't tell anybody other than my agent that I was reading for it. I just assumed everyone else was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I let it. I let it be. I let it be announced when Disney decided to, and I had plenty of people like you never told me, and like I couldn't risk it. No, and that's Mm -hmm. it's just so respectable though how you handle and just how humble you are about the whole thing. It's
2: just it just when I met you, I was like. Wow, she's so, like, you're so humble about it all. Like, you were talking about another pilot that wasn't, you know, didn't happen and stuff like that. It's just, like, you're still hungry for everything and humble. It's just, it's really amazing. Yeah. Stay, that's how I think, yeah, you can't book one role and be like, I'm set for life. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You that's a great that's way for
3: to not be set for life, right? Because that right. ripples through your actions. It isn't like you manifest that, right? But it it does ripple through
1: your actions when you start thinking
2: that way. Yeah.
1: You want it to be your choice if you want to step down or keep to mm. one thing, or mm-hmm. or or weigh the input and the output. Like uh, there there was a time earlier this year where I was looking forward to the weekends because I wouldn't have to burn my candle at both ends. Because some some auditions, and this is the learning process of like. What is speaking to you? What do you feel strongly about? Say no if it's not working. Mm -hmm. Don't force yourself to try to be something because this could be the next big thing or this could be your breakout role with an original character. You know, everybody wants to be an an animaniac level type of character or what have you. but. Mm. It's Mm -hmm. just learning to read yourself and read what's in front of you. And sometimes if I'm not quite sure how I feel about my own work, I'll ask my agents, like, I'd love your critique on it if you have the time to listen, if there's anything I should adapt or change. And more often than not, like, if if I don't hear anything, that means it's good. Or at least they they, they stand by it themselves as my agents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And on that note, it's also really important to know what you're not right for. Mm-hmm. Like, I think
2: it took me a while to not, ha- you know, I get a lot of anime auditions and it's like to not read for the the characters that so were not in my vocal range. Like, there's women who do sound like that and who will fit those characters. But I'm unfortunately, like, not the voice that's going to be a lot of anime characters. But when there's a deep, dark voice coming, you know, badass character, maybe I'd book that. So it's like, yeah, it's knowing... Knowing also when to say, I don't think I'm right for this character, and just passing, like, and not fearing that your agent's gonna drop you. They're not going to, they're gonna respect that you didn't waste their time.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Release that that. fear. Any agent worth their salt will, like, will take the time to talk to you and see how your career path is going. And they may not be able to help guide you as strongly if they have other persons at the agency they also want to focus on or Mm -hmm. just keeping afloat. So, Never expect your agent to hold your hand, but they should absolutely be taking the time to talk to you when you need to talk to them, when you want to have a a yearly check-in of what are your goals, are you getting feedback from any casting directors that you could apply that might be talking to your agent. Just checking in itself, even if there's no no change, that means you're on the right path. You're still doing what you need to do. Right. And I, I I work for my agent just as much as my agent works for me. So I still take workshops and clinics yeah. and weekly workout mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. and acting classes and 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 watching a lot of animated shows to see like, okay, if this is the person they went with for this show, I can see why their mindset is like that. For this archetype of character, I'll try that mindset in my version to see what happens. Mm. And there's been plenty of times I read a character and like, okay, this is my best version of these specs. That this archetype is, let's give a take to where I just go do whatever the heck I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's dumb.
2: (laughs) Another thing that's really important
1: is being able to take
2: time off from VO. Um, Mm. Like we, what we tend to do is we tend to like work through vacations, bring our setups on vacation. Work in the closets of where we're on vacation and like, you know, once a year, I'll usually take like if I like I went on my honeymoon in Hawaii, I was like, I'm not working. I actually ended I actually did bring my microphone, but I ended up literally just ignoring every audition. Didn't have to do any work for clients. People understood because it was my honeymoon. But yeah, like that that break. And I'm about to like go on a maternity leave. And I literally put on a Facebook group of, of VO moms being like, how do people what did people do after the baby? There were women who were like, mm. I worked the day after I gave birth. Yep. Great for them. Wow. Amazing. Amazing wow. for those women. I was like, I don't I don't do well with sleep deprivation. I'm not going to be able to do that. So I'm taking an entire, you know, month of January off unless, you know, unless I get like a a really amazing job that I already auditioned for through a client or something. But I just am going to have to do that for my own mental health because I mm-hmm. know I'm not going to be able to do my best work if I don't take that time to myself. So what do you guys what do you guys do in terms of vacation stuff?
1: I I have a I have a plan for this, so this is always (laughs) on my mind because it was it and it's a habit because I don't I never want to turn anything down unless you really aren't right for it. But um, my plan is as follows: if I'm gone for a certain amount of time, um, I let my agents know I'm I will not be available starting this day at this time until this day at this time. If any auditions come prior to this day that I start my vacation, even if it's due after, but it came before that start, send it to me. I'll cut it the night before and I'll send it off super early. If any auditions come in while I'm gone that are due after I come back, send them my way because when I get back that same day, I'm happy to do auditions that night that are, even if they're due 9 a.m. the next day or beyond, Mm -hmm. I will do them that day. If they come and are due during my vacation, It depends on the vacation. For Comic Con, when I go go to Comic Con every year, I take my computer and I take my travel mic. I'm open for any, I'm booked out for sessions, but for auditions, um, send me whatever they got. The night of, I stay at my parents' house in San Diego, I'll go in my car and record on my little microphone and then edit it and process it on my computer, send it on its way. If it's somewhere like We're going to Disney World next year. I most likely will take my microphone and we're going to have my travel one and we're going to rent a car out there so I can do the auditions in the car, but I'll edit them and send them as is through the phone. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty Mm -hmm. decent quality. I'm not taking my computer on an airplane. But and then if there needs to be anything fixed up, I have friends who will be like, send me your file. I know exactly how to clean it up the way you do and I can do it for you. Wonderful. Let's do it. But I only do them at night. If they're due that same day, I'll probably not do it because I'm riding Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. But yes. I, I, I compartmentalize it that way you know, okay, what can you achieve? How do you feel? When the audition comes in, look at it. Is it too big and you don't want to put that time and effort into it? Then don't. Pass it. Or if
2: you're not going to book, if you're like, I'm If you know for sure, me, you <laughs> know what?
1: This isn't going to be me. It'll be a celebrity or it'll be a, a lovely lady who's got that perfect sound of a teen voice like 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 Jessica DeChico. Like It's definitely a her role. And this type of voice wasn't going to book the prom queen. But but just I take it each in stride and I, I do a quick look through just to see what am I going to do once I've made a choice. Okay, put it aside. Go enjoy your day. Come back to it later. Because there is enough, right? like there there, there, is is enough. there is enough time it, there, there yes, will always be work. there will always be more work yes yeah yes. the fear
2: that it's not going to be there at the end like there people will pe- the jobs will be there after like mm-hmm. even yeah. if you
1: take a month off like the jobs will be there plenty of the big name girls in our field and the big name boys they they go on their vacations and they don't audition at all yeah and they're very very lucky like their reputation yeah. and their body of work is such that oh they'll get more roles
0: uh-huh. Even
1: direct mm-hmm. offers, they can pass on this role, no problem. We who yeah. are still kind of building those reputations, building those names, I can see why we freak out about it. Yeah. Totally. But if mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're freaking out to the negative point about this audition, you really shouldn't do it because it, your performance will be affected too, and having too much weight on
2: it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like desperation
1: like brain, right? Exactly. Like- and I, I have my little plan set up so I know exactly how I feel, and it took me forever to get to this point, for sure. But now I know how I feel about each type of audition and I can make a choice that doesn't affect me and it doesn't affect my agency or the casting director.
4: Mm -hmm. Nice. That's so good. Well, you're so good at that because I tend to do the exact opposite, which is go on vacation and then I worry and I'm like, I need to do these auditions. And Mm. you're right. I need to be better about setting boundaries, like the same way you were just talking about, like, hey, if there's a point in time that I can't do an audition, then I'm just not going to do it. It's yeah. hard. I and, get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And unless it's like truly worth my time, and it's like something I just know I would book,
0: or know that you would enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: If you're fighting to get a role, correct quotation marks. Yeah. I don't. You're you're probably just not meant for it at this time. Doesn't mean you yeah. can't achieve it in the future. Mm-hmm. But there's been roles like I don't know if I get this character. I don't know if I get this archetype. I listened back three months later and like, oh, girl, you were pushing. Mm. This is this was not quality work. And I'll tell my agents, too, like, if you guys don't think this is quality, don't submit me. Mm-hmm. I my yeah. my instinct is to do it. But if you're not hearing it or you're hearing something that I'm not and it shouldn't be sent, don't submit it. Well, I trust don't. You, and I trust that's, you. That's your job as the agent. Like, don't don't let us look bad. That's the thing is they don't. What what people don't realize is like agents aren't submitting everything, every single
2: audition. That you send them, yeah. They they're listen doing the to first it. round of cuts. You know, like yeah. they're going through mm-hmm. it and saying, "Nope, this is not good enough." So, yeah. you know, you can double check with your agent. And be like, "Hey, are some of my, you know, are my auditions going through to casting?" And like, sort mm-hmm. some of them at least, and they'll
1: tell you. But yeah, they're definitely not sending everything we do. That's <laughs> that that's be, part of your check in, right? Like, see yeah. how are you submitting a lot of my work? What more could I be doing, right? Uh, f- that's part of your job as the actor is to f- find those holes in your boat and plug them up. Mm-hmm. And it's, and like, we're lucky if the casting directors request you to, even if like you mm-hmm. may not give the best take, and they but they want to hear your version of it because you never know. Your version could be the one that books, even if it's completely against the archetypical grain.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And it's so good to remember that like when we are in a, a space, a headspace of bringing ourselves fully to any role, any audition, that's going to be a better performance than if we're trying to to fit ourselves into a little mold who was it who said someone had had put it in the perspective of a show or a, a video game is a giant puzzle and actors are are, are 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 important pieces of the puzzle it can't be complete without the voices but maybe your piece is so close but it just maybe doesn't fit and that's okay um and so they give it to someone else who is just what they're looking for but Odds are, if you're bringing yourself fully to the role, you're going to enjoy the process more. You may be closer to what they want if you
1: bring yourself to the role. Mm. It's organic that way. It's organic. Whatever yeah. you bring, as long as it's organically you, it's not wrong. It may not mm-hmm. be right, but it's not wrong. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, I it's love
3: that. Well, it's based in curiosity
1: rather than judgment, right? Then, yeah. like,
3: I'm not, I'm not deciding already that this is the thing they want, or that uh, I'm not, I'm not this, so I have to become this. It's, it's asking, can I can I do this? Can I show up in these shoes? asking you know like asking yourself to slip into you in this moment you you with these words, you in this situation instead of deciding <laughs> uh, I gotta mm, uh, the voice has to be like there yeah. just isn't there's no use in that
0: right and,
3: and it's no use to us or them because then we're not having fun and they're not going to use the take.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
3: it's not going to get submitted. Oh, I
2: love that, Steph. What do you do when you go on vacation? Or do, like, do you? What do you do?
0: You know, uh, pretty similar to what most of you have said. Like, I'll bring my travel rig. I have a a four sixteen and a little. It's a, It's just like a little cheap a little thing that I can plug into my computer. If it's an audition that I think is something that I would enjoy doing, or could be a great opportunity to at least play on then great maybe I will hop in the booth other times it'll be like eh, I'm spending time with my family today I mm-hmm. I don't want to put in uh, take away time from my vacation from yeah a little break from work so I kind of weigh a uh, case by case I always do have my uh, 416 with me just because I have a weekly standing uh, session with a commercial client but if there is an audition I really am excited about and want to want to play on then then yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. But I think I think it's important to remember to be present in in experiences that we're having, day to day experiences, especially on vacation. And being present on your vacation, you're going to remember mm. those moments so much more
3: than yeah.
0: being like. So hold hold on, family. We're having a great time, but I got to go do this audition for a job. And I I mean, weighing it case by case, but being present and checking in with yourself first. I hope that made sense. It did, for sure. Yes. Yes. Delicious.
2: Amazing. This was so, so lovely. I feel like I learned so much from you guys.
1: I know. This is really.
0: Yeah. Thank you all so
1: much. We definitely should have another episode because there's so many aspects. So many. Handling oh, our man. mental health, handling the rejection. For sure. And just yeah. even per, in personal life. Or like you said, Ariana, we could, maybe there could be a special episode for, for parents in voiceover. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to yeah. have one.
2: Maybe after I'm a parent. <laughs> lots <laughs> of, <laughs> lots <laughs> of different <laughs> options.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. God, yes. So this
0: is so – yeah, we definitely need to have a episode two. But I'd love uh, to. Thanks so much for being Mental here. Mental health boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much, ladies, for thanks, being here. Everyone. And uh, thank you for joining us on another episode of Ladies of the Mic. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Bye!